Gordon is a mentor, friend, my manager in New York City. One of the, I would say, most liked guys in the business in New York City. And I'm not just talking about, talking about Compass. You know, everybody knows Gordon. Developers, property management companies, commercial agents, even our direct competitors at the other large agencies. Everybody loves Gordon. So uh, with the wealth of knowledge that Gordon has, probably 30 plus years of knowledge, I'm really excited to bring him on and, and talk about the biggest winners of 2022 in real estate and business, the trends in real estate in 2022, and perhaps in the, going into the future, we'll also talk about some losers in 2022 and also going into 2023. So Gordon, welcome. Thank you, Tak. And uh, Tak, I have to tell you, this is not scripted at all, <laughs> but one of the biggest winners is sitting right here, this team, best year in your career, in a year, in a transitionary year where many agents had a very difficult time transitioning through, in and out of COVID, sales versus rentals, clients being confused, um, the market's changing. Uh, congratulations on your best year ever in your career. Well-deserved, I know a lot of time, effort, thought, uh, strategy, and a lot of sweat equity Sweats. went in, or as um, one of my good friends, Takayama Yaguchi calls it, chopping wood. Chopping wood, baby, we're chopping wood. Well, you know, a lot, a lot of things to the, you know, Danielle also. Danielle's been the backbone of this very difficult year and very busy year. And, you know, if it wasn't for us too, and knowing how to work together on uh, these deals and how to communicate with clients and knowing the flow without even instructing each other, you know, it would be very, very difficult to do. So I second that. For that. No yeah. question. Yeah. Danielle is an absolute rock star. Yeah, just a killer and a uh, and the ninja of the talk team. So it really, really helps with uh, servicing our clients to the fullest extent. So let's get right into it. We are less than 20 days before Christmas and pretty much, you know, less than a month going into 2023. Let's recap the year. In your field of vision and your work, you have a bird's eye view of not just Compass agents as a manager, you have a bird's eye view of just industry leaders in general. So give me, who are the biggest winners right now or winner maybe in 2022? Yeah, sure. So there's no question in my mind, uh, if we think back just a year or two ago, uh, we were in a position where uh, landlords didn't know if they could collect rent from their tenants uh, including their retail tenants, uh, not just their residential tenants. Landlords did not know uh, if it, there was going to be a world where um, their tenants would be coming back to New York City, uh, what the outlook was looking like for New York City. So without a doubt, there's not a question in my mind that the resurgence of city and the vibrance that uh, we're experiencing, even though there are some safety concerns, uh, certainly not like it was in the 70s, 80s, or 90s. Sure. Uh, I experienced it in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, it's nothing uh, uh, comparative to that. Back then, there was um, chalk bodies on the ground that you would see on a regular basis, uh, and um, you know the vacancy rates were far greater than what we're experiencing now uh, on the residential end and, and also on the business side. So. Um, there's not a doubt in my mind with the ability to uh, fill their retail spaces uh, with small businesses, uh, which feels great to see all these small businesses coming back, especially restaurants, because it creates so many other jobs and the lifestyle in New York City. Uh, and um, tenants fighting over 
apartments and the ability for landlords to be able to raise rents again. I feel really great for landlords uh, about that because um, tenants have short memories. They uh, like to use uh, percentage increases uh, when that happens, but they, um, it's, sometimes it's hard for tenants to remember how much their rents decreased or the free rent that they experienced in the concessions um, during that period of time. So really happy for landlords, biggest winners in 2022, not a doubt in my mind and something that's very close to my heart, um, starting out in the early 90s, um, just and and building a business on, on the rental side initially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. When the rents are down 50% and then the rents go back up 30, 35% tenants get, they have the shortest memory. It's hard to say, well, my rent went up $1,000, but keep in mind the, land, the landlords reduced their units you know, $2,000 the year before. So That's right. yeah, there's definitely a, a shock to the system for sure. Uh, Gordon, in your opinion, the biggest, we talked about the winners. What about the losers of real estate in 2022? Yeah, so money has become very expensive. Mm -hmm. um, we were very fortunate at Compass to be in a position to raise money uh, in a time where it was easy to raise money, where... Um, raise money is in Compass fundraising, right? Yeah, exactly. Compass Prior fundraising. To the IPO. Yeah, so, um, so with the ability to do that, um, you, it's much easier to build a business no matter what industry you're in. As it relates to our industry, uh, if we were to be in that position now where we had to um, uh, grow geographically, yeah. we would be in a very difficult position. So we were very fortunate, a stroke of luck, that we had our expansion when we had it, mm -hmm. where money was available. Um, so on the other side of that now, any uh, business, and as it relates to our industry, uh, is going through a transitionary moment where um, they have to change their business plan because the money is not available um, in the way that it would have been prior uh, to, to, to grow out your business. So, uh, and, and as it relates to the, the, the brokerage business specifically, the margins are very small. So when that happens, you have to make lots of adjustments and that forces massive change uh, on, on all businesses within our industry. Just this week alone, we saw two um, CEOs of two top publicly traded companies no longer with those companies. Oh, Open Door. Uh, open Door. Eric Thank Wu. You. Thank you. Yeah. So we Who's saw. to be a, a brilliant guy. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, same investor as Compass, too. Sopping. Right? Yes. Sopping. Yes. So, yeah. you know, this. So, so this. Uh, for a lot of the smaller players, uh, it, it's going to create a, a, extreme challenges to if their businesses are even viable. Right. Uh, and if, they're short, if they have short-term revolving debt that has interest rate increases that are impacted by today's market. Right? That's exactly right. Yeah. So yeah. that, to me, is forces the most drastic change. If you look back 10 years ago where... Uh, businesses were built and profitability just did not matter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so many folks said it doesn't matter uh, about profitability. Look at what Amazon did. They built a business where profitability didn't matter for a longer period of time. They stretched it out further by giving free shipping and they could reduce prices. And they built a model that um, a lot of others were able to copy. Um, that model is no longer around 
nobody's interested in that model um, any longer. It's all about profitability for every single business moving forward. Uh, so um, those will be the biggest losers mm -hmm. as we enter into 2023. Okay, yeah, the shouldering debt can be a problem. I think Amazon, maybe to your point, was in a nice tide as far as the markets are concerned. You know, internet companies were a boom, fundraising was easy, money came, people believed in not being profitable in the short term, but in the long term to become a platform, and that playbook may have been scrapped uh, in 2022. For, in your opinion, who is the biggest winner in business, but not real estate related? Yeah. So, um, look, we're talking today on um, one of the biggest days in New York Yankee history. <laughs> okay. um, uh, Aaron Judge just signed go. a contract for $360 million. Yeah. And I was leafing through the New York Magazine uh, most recent issue of this week, and uh, I saw his face on there. And here's a, a guy that it, it was talked about um, I think it was the, the 23 biggest reasons to live in New York City. And it mentioned him as, a, um, here's a guy that does everything right, similar to Derek Jeter in baseball, but treats everyone with respect, does everything right with the charities, and does everything right on the field. And here's a guy that took a chance on himself. And you know what? It paid off. And about five hours ago, he signed one of the biggest contracts in Major League Baseball history. $360 million over nine years. I don't know the other details around it, uh, but both parents being from the Bronx, going to Yankee games since I've been five years old, I was happy to see a guy like this who took a chance on himself benefit uh, in the way that he did. There is no doubt in my mind he is um, the biggest winner in business this year. That's right. Okay. Aaron Judd, he was uh, also uh, on the runner-up for uh, the league MVP this year. Yeah, should have, uh, or, or could have maybe run, won, um, actually I think he won the MVP, but he could have won the Triple Crown. The Triple Crown, that's right. Yeah, so yeah. he won the MVP, but um, he was this close to winning the Triple Crown. Yeah, so no, that's, that's really good for him, and uh, I, I like that because as uh, sports enthusiasts, you know, you, you people forget that these sports leagues, there's so much money in them. And it, a lot of it is towards it goes to the players. And for someone that to have a record-breaking contract like that is is uh, that's historical. Something yeah. else. To put it in perspective, he could have signed a contract uh, last year that would have been probably half as much mm -hmm. at that point in time. Mm -hmm. But because he was the MVP this year, hit 62 home runs, broke the American League record, batted 311. Uh, he had the ability to uh, double how much he made by taking the risk. On himself and not sign that contract that's right. that he did last that's year. That's right. All right, good, great. No, good for him. Let's switch gears. On the flip side, the biggest loser in 2022, not real estate related. Yeah, so um, I would say um, the, 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 biggest, the biggest loser, not real estate related, uh, are. Um, all of the um, big box stores and what they had to shoulder as it relates to, uh, if you look at um, traffic into any of the big box stores, most recently we're sitting a couple blocks from um, you know, the biggest Toys R Us um, in New York City that is no longer in business uh, and now has closed down. So whether they closed down or 
to create traffic to any of these big box stores, um, whether it's the Best Buys, it's now become more of a, a destination to pick up. Uh, and if you look at the traffic um, for Black Friday, um, the big box stores, the traffic is just much different. It's, it's down tremendously. The, the time period is much shorter. And the uh, traffic continues to go up online. But big box stores being able to, um, and that includes banks, uh, being able to shoulder the, the, um, the, the cost of uh, retail or commercial, however you look at it, uh, this will be the year where they look back and I think they will relook at how they're going to do business moving forward in the future. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Did you know that, that that Zara right in front of our office has been around for at least 14 years? I started at DJK Residential right across wow. the street here. And it's crazy that I just saw the one of the broker blasts from yesterday, the commercial broker blast. They're leaving that space. Yeah. Yeah, so it's retail just all across the board, right? That's that's yeah. another that's another overhead that companies probably don't want to shoulder anymore. Yeah, it's a good point. We're sitting here in you know Union Square Flatiron, but you walk uh, Midtown and seeing um, retail and and commercial, um, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting future future mm -hmm. as to where they go with all of this space mm -hmm. and what happens with this space. Uh, I was walking yesterday on 23rd Street um, between 5th and 6th and just seeing that Waffles and Dinges, which is usually a cart, they took a piece of a storefront that you can't actually enter, uh -huh. um, but you could walk up and order out of the storefront, but you can't enter the storefront. There's no door there. Oh. So I think um, retail is going to be recreated. And as we know across the country, uh, as, as we've seen, I recently read in one of Leonard Steinberg's contemplations that um, looking at commercial buildings and the other uses of them, whether it's uh, residential on the rental side or on the condo side, and there's a lot of difficulties in converting them because the systems don't always equate um, for rentals, or will they go hotel? Or will there be some other form of recreation on the commercial side. Uh, we're gonna look at this moment and look back and say, I remember when commercial looked that way and that was a moment in time and that was 2022 as we enter 2023. Got it, okay. For, you're personally speaking on, on the real estate side and your job and what you do and you oversee so many different agents. You know, did you have any surprises in 2022 on the real estate side? By far, the biggest surprise has been people's ability to understand what it's like to truly reconnect. Sitting here with you personally feels great. Yeah. And it felt great before, but it feels twice as good as it did five years ago prior to COVID. So there's not a doubt in my mind that people have been through so much emotionally. Uh, whether they lost people whether they um, had to deal with their family in different um, scenarios where they had to adapt to business, uh, they, their brains and the way that they have operated over the past two to three years has been completely different. So to relearn 
how to interact with people and force themselves to do that on a regular basis um, is actually shocking to me for humans to have to relearn to do that and to make the effort to do that. Okay. And, and how difficult it has been for every business to get their employees back in the office on a regular basis to interact with each other, whether it's the large banks and the Jamie Diamonds of the world who, you know, two years ago was saying, come back in the office. And the problems, I remember seeing him interview, he said, I know when I try and get somebody on the phone um, who's working from home, it takes me a lot longer to reach them, a matter of hours or a day, than somebody in the office who um, I could just walk up to and have a conversation. And uh, so I think we're relearning how to reconnect. It's surprising to me it's taken that long. Uh, I think the, the positive of that uh, is the people that do it faster and sooner, they're gonna get, um, they're gonna have a much bigger impact to their businesses. Um, that I'm in the middle of a run of going to nine holiday parties in six days, and it sounds like a lot, but I'm, but it really is just nine holiday parties in six businesses. Is this business all Compass days. or is this all, personal um, too? It's, it's, that's all Compass, and then there's another five on top of that. But I Can was, you name the offices, the nine of them? Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, so yeah. there's there's three um, in, between Connecticut and Westchester. There's um, there's the Hamptons, there's Long Island, there's Brooklyn, there's Manhattan, um, there's Northern New Jersey, and then there is another one, um, that is one of our fearless leaders, uh, Rob Lehman, uh, is going to be going on a sabbatical, Thursday. Thursday. um, and there's going to be a little gathering, uh, for him. that as well. Yes. Yeah, so it is, um... It's awesome to reconnect with people and to be with people face to face and and in uh, in in whether it's smaller group gatherings or or the larger gatherings and yeah. So. Any surprise with going back to the offices? Yeah. Any surprise at Compass for you? Yeah. On your expectation for twenty twenty two and the number of people that are here. Yeah. Staff and broker side. Both. Yeah, lots of surprises. Uh, what was I, the surprise? Yeah, I didn't anticipate. Um, coming into 2022 that we would have to uh, do as many layoffs on the employee side mm. that we had to do, number one. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't know that the cuts would have to be as deep uh, and, and it's very difficult uh, to go through that emotionally, but on the business side to make those decisions, you're talking about uh, employees that um, give their heart and soul to the company um, and at the same time you have to do the right thing for the business. Uh, I was really proud of our fearless leader, Robert Refkin, for not only being um, first to, uh, in, in March when COVID initially hit, uh, within the first week to make those layoffs, mm -hmm. um, one week in, um, to have the, the vision to make those cuts. And, and um, it was substantial at that moment in time and to do it quickly. Uh, it was by far the right decision because every company around the globe did it uh, and our ability for, to do that quickly saved the company um, a lot of money uh, you know when when that happens um, there's severance and initially there's a lot of cost to severance because you have to treat people on the way out the right way uh, and we've done that in every single case 
So, but by doing it quicker, you're able to get yourself in a position to have less cuts. So uh, entering 2022, I didn't know that we were gonna have to continue to make as many cuts as deep as we would. Um, so less of a surprise sitting here at this moment, but coming into 2022, yeah. that was a huge surprise to me. I, I, I wasn't ready for it. Um, the second is, um, there's no question I did not anticipate. Uh, look, I've been in this industry, um, as you said, talk for, um, for 30 years, and I'm entering my 31st year. In the history of the United States, mortgage rates have never increased as sharply as they did this year. In the history of the United States? In the history. For as long as mortgage rates have been around and have been recorded. They've never increased this sharply in that short a period of time. Uh, and when you look at where rates were, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I remember um, when I first started in the industry in the early 90s, I would ride the train. I graduated um, from George Washington University uh, in 1992, and this started as a summer job renting apartments in New York City. I would take the train in uh, from my mother's house in northern Jersey, and I would read the old-fashioned newspaper, and in the newspaper, paper. yeah, the real paper, the rates were 17 percent. Yeah, uh, and and I remember that was normal because that's all I knew at yeah. that point in time. Yeah. So was it Reagan? Who was the president? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so it's not the fact that rates are where they are; it's the fact that rates increased so quickly in such a short period of time was a huge surprise to me. The fact that rates are where they are is not um, that, that the, the, whatever, wherever they, they vary, whether it's 6% or 7%, um, that number as it relates to um, history is, is not a huge surprise. But the increase in a short period of time was a, was a huge surprise. Over a two or three year period, it wouldn't have surprised me as much. What do you say to those, real estate is a market, there's cyclical cycles, but what do you say to those maybe 30s, 40s, maybe even late 20s too, where they maybe just got their buyers, they just got married, and maybe they have a kid coming, they need more space, and the rates jumped, or they're maybe in their 40s or in need of a divorce. Life happens, right? You got life, you got birth, you got divorce, you got marriage, and they need a move for whatever reason. And now at these rates, what do you say to them? Or what, do you, what advice do you have for these people? Yeah, so... Uh... I think using uh, kind of your analogy there, you really date the rate. The, mm -hmm. you, you, you marry your sale price or your purchase price, mm -hmm. um, but you're dating the rate because the rate can fluctuate and it doesn't always go in your favor. Uh, but the reality is um, there's always an opportunity to look at purchasing versus renting uh, and the best advice that I can give is if you're going to make a purchase, look at it at, 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 as a, a five-year horizon. Uh, because if you look at history and a five-year horizon, you usually have the ability to maneuver uh, and either um, the property will appreciate to a point where you will be really happy or rates will decrease. Uh, but it's very rare that there will be a moment in time where five years passes and you won't have the ability to be happy 
at one point or another as it relates to actual rates or the appreciation in a purchase price. Uh, and the reality is uh, it only matters when you sell. The, the, the time when you're actually purchasing is not nearly as important even though it feels like it is in the moment because if you're forced to sell in a short period of time, then you're at the mercy of the market. But if you can ride it out for six months or 12 months or 18 months, uh, you're always going to put yourself in a position of strength. Mm. Uh, if you look at history, the worst things that have ever happened in New York City history, um, you know, whether it's COVID recently or 2008 or when the tw Twin Towers went down, uh, New York City is so resilient, which everyone knows, uh, that the, you look at those periods of time and how quickly the market has recovered, you look at any one of those moments. And on the beginning, heading into or just after those uh, moments in history, the fear. Think about COVID. There, there was not one purchaser anywhere, um, even at a 20 or 30% discount because of their fear for the safety of New York City, um, for their fear for their ability to live in an apartment rather than a home, and so many other things. And then look at where we're at now. Um, just, just a huge difference, the resiliency and the recovery. Can you predict the biggest winner for 2022? Now that we're talking about resiliency and coming back, who do you think, I'm sorry, 2023, who will be the biggest winner next year in 2023? Uh, look, I, um, I have three uh, children at home. Uh, Compass <laughs> is my fourth child. Yes. I gave birth to Compass. Um, this day, 10 years ago, was the day I resigned from my prior firm. Oh, wow. Uh, and I started um, one month later uh, at, at Urban Compass. Mm. So uh, I have a lot invested in my children at home. And I'm really proud of them, and I have a lot invested. Uh, and at some points, I've actually treated this child um, um, better than my family at home. And I had to recover from that, yeah. and, and, yeah. and, and I did. Um, and so I could, uh, it, this will sound self-serving, but I could not be more proud of our ability to uh, remove hundreds of millions of dollars of expenses, the, the ability for this company to do that and um, be able to um, not affect the front side, front stage of the business, the, the agents and their ability to grow the business. Uh, so our ability to do that and continue to bring in revenue from the outside, from agents that are now starting a compass where um, since July 1st, every agent, every single hundreds of agents that have joined Compass, that has started a Compass, uh, have not received any sort of um, promotion to come to Compass other than joining the business. No cash incentive, no increase um, in any sort of incentive mm -hmm. to join. Mm -hmm. So their revenue goes directly to the bottom line in week one. 
So we have set ourselves up for incredible success entering next year. It is still going to be a lot of work. And uh, to be honest with you, it is not uh, the work that is most fun, but the challenge right in front of us to be profitable in 2023, which will happen, uh, to be a, uh, a company where we're at $6 billion in revenue and to get to profitability in, in, in 10 years in the business, it's very hard to find any company in any industry at that amount of revenue that uh, will be profitable and in such a short period of time, a 12 to 18 month horizon to remove um, what will be close to a billion dollars in expenses um, to be able to do that is, um, is just extraordinary. I'm super proud of our team and everything that we're doing. So I think on the other side of this, there will be a story, a case study written about Compass and our ability to do it. And as an industry leader, um, not just uh, in that area as we've adapted, but the ability, remember uh, the iPhone has only been around since 2006. Yeah. Um, prior to the year 2000, there was no navigation whatsoever. You used to have to take the big map out and put it on your steering wheel and people think driving with navigation now is dangerous. You know, that was pretty dangerous back then too. So um, the technology platform that we've invested over a billion dollars into where the machine works for our agents while they're sleeping with the artificial intelligence and everything else that it provides, uh, I think that this will be a moment where people will look back and say, ah, now I understand what they were building. Now I understand why they built it. Now I understand why their agents are set up for more success than those at other firms because they're able to work faster, smarter, uh, in a way that feels better to their clients and to themselves. And they were able to transition through one of the most difficult moments at time where they had to become profitable uh, in a moment in history where it was very difficult for companies to do that. So in short summary, you're saying that we will win next year. I believe Compass will be not only one of the biggest winners in uh, the residential brokerage industry, but uh, in, in real estate. And uh, I think it will be... Uh, when you look at companies that needed to become profitable in any industry, it will be one that will be looked at um, and, and, and people will be surprised that, that we were able to pull it off. Okay, great. So I, I really hope uh, that's true and that we you know, look forward to the future here. Can you predict on the flip side, who will be the loser next year and in real estate in 2023? Yeah, so I love... Competition. Competition makes everyone better. Hundred um, percent. Steel sharpens steel. Yes. When we um, when we see something that one of uh, our competitors executes, that's great. We want to learn from it. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to say, hey, can we do that? And can we do it on that level, or can we make it better? Sure. And we also love to put uh, initiatives out into the market for others to use in the industry. I truly believe one of our um, 
one of the proudest achievements that this company has been able to do is to raise the level of um, not only professionalism for agents, uh, but to do it in a way that um, makes them faster and smarter through technology. Mm -hmm. And our competitors have recognized that and have utilized that. So uh, I, I think the, the biggest losers will be um, any startup in our industry that is not able to um, turn the corner. And I think they will be able to do it in a way um, that they'll be able to recreate themselves, I hope, where they you know, combine or merge forces with somebody else that allows them to uh, survive I, I, and, and thrive. And I think there will be great opportunity around that. Uh, and I think that is, um, that, that's not just in, in, um, in brokerage, whether it's residential or, or commercial, um, it's mortgage companies, it's title companies, mm. it's anything in the real estate ecosystem uh, where those, those startups did not have the time horizon in their favor uh, to buy enough time to um, carry out their business plan. So I think those will be the ones that will suffer most. Mm -hmm. And then on the final question, going into the future, you having the, again, bird's eye view of almost you know, all agents at Compass, what should they be doing in 2023 to ensure that A, they're successful, and B, obviously their clients are, you know, the client's goals are met and achieved. Yes, so look, the top three things that uh, agents will need to do moving forward uh, to provide the most value to their clients and for their businesses to thrive, number one, to carry um, a positive mindset. And I know that may sound um, rather general, mm -hmm. but in, in, in speaking with um, dozens of agents on a weekly basis, those agents with the most positive mindset are also the ones able to bring number two, which is uh, the most value to their clients. And what does that value um, truly mean? It is... Um, being able to provide them the data necessary in a changing market, whether it's through Market Watch, um, which agents use um, through the Compass platform, mm -hmm. or whether it's um, other other tools that help them move faster, like Collections, which is Collections Business Tracker too. Uh, yeah, which is all tied in. Which is letting agents to move 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 faster with their clients, sure. yep. um, providing that data on a, on a minute to minute basis is, gonna, is going to help those agents um, uh, move faster with their clients because uh, there is massive confusion for everyone. There is not one person who is not confused about where the market is on a daily basis, uh, whether uh, it's on Wall Street, or whether it's in real estate. Um, so um, providing that level of value um, as the market changes 
is going to be absolutely critical. Uh, one of the biggest wins for us uh, has been uh, this weekly call that we have on 8 a.m. on Mondays. Market, it's a market Monday talk. morning um, market watch, mm -hmm. market talk, mm -hmm. uh, where we have hundreds of agents uh, at 8 a.m. on Monday morning, just a free conversation around where the market was that past weekend. Uh, and then the open house survey that Fritz Friegen um, has created for the industry that uh, he continues to, to bring to the forefront uh, for uh, agents here at Compass, real live data as to what occurred that prior weekend. That sort of information is critical to provide to agents, for them to provide to sellers, and also for the agents to provide on the buy side as well. The third is just meaningful human connection. Mm -hmm. There's no replacement for uh, the ability to connect with people in a meaningful way. And that could be whether it's through handwritten note cards, whether it's through um, a, a short video. One of my favorite things to do is to, um, through the Compass app, is to just send a video to somebody in my sphere and just push a button and it keeps track of it in the CRM and then I know when I sent the video. Um, but sending a video to somebody seems to be um, something that makes people feel great. And then of course the face-to-face, -face, um, you know, the coffee, the, um, the breakfast, the, the short um, gatherings together, uh, whatever, or longer gatherings. Um, the, the, the ability for agents to do that and the masterminds that I'm seeing um, throughout different markets, um, even on video, um, that meaningful connection is absolutely critical going into 2023. I whole, whole, definitely agree. The, you can't recreate the culture in a bullpen without doing those things. Right, even through Zoom. I mean, Zoom is important. Even through videos, videos are important. But yeah, having a meaningful connection is definitely better than uh, you know, reading text from an email. Oh, no question. <laughs> Gordon, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, and you know, let's revisit this in a year. See where your, where your prediction lands, and uh, I'm really excited to see our future as well. So. Thank you so much. Me too. I hope I'm uh, I hope I'm wrong on certain fronts <laughs> that everyone thrives and everyone has incredible success 100%. and uh, that things improve so much faster than we ever thought they could have been. I can't thank the talk team uh, enough for having me as a guest and I can't